Chapter Fourteen of Hagar's Daughter: A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emma Mercier. Hagar's Daughter: A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice by Pauline Hopkins. Chapter Fourteen: Renewing Old Acquaintance. The following afternoon major madison's carriage rolled up to the bowen mansion on sixteenth street and stopped from it aurelia stepped clad richly and daintily in a becoming calling costume she had determined to storm the citadel as it were and carry it by assault she rang the bell and asked the footman if miss bowen was at home yes miss what name please she gave the man a card on which she had written known to you as aurelia walker and was shown into a morning room to wait would jewel recognize her she wondered would she be pleased to meet her again presently she heard the gentle frou-frou of silken skirts down the broad stairway and the next instant jewel bowen stood before her holding out her hand in frankly glad recognition jewel in a tea-gown that was a poem a combination of palest rose satin and cream lace surprise and pleasure mingled in her speaking face the card said aurelia walker can it be possible that you are the same aurelia whom i knew in montreal how delightful to meet you again her greeting was most cordial and put aurelia instantly at her ease after a time spent in recalling reminiscences of school life and pleasant girlish chatter aurelia said i must explain the change in name papa was embarrassed financially and he placed me at school calling himself walker while he earned the money to satisfy his creditors that saved him much annoyance and as soon as he could satisfy their demands we resumed our rightful name pray do not speak of it aurelia such things are annoying but cannot always be helped replied jewel with a smile won't you come to the drawing-room and meet mamma how beautiful everything was thought the girl as she passed up the broad marble stairs with velvet carpet in the centre on which the foot fell noiselessly and statues and flowers in niches and on landings while the walls were hung with lovely frescoes that impelled one to pause and admire the drawing-room door was flung open and they were in a spacious apartment with painted ceiling and all things rich and harmonious in tone in a moment she was standing before mrs bowen who greeted her warmly as if truly glad to meet her daughter's school friend no lovelier vision was ever seen than these two girls as they entered the bowen drawing-room mrs bowen was a cultured lady and their grace and beauty gratified her taste she conversed freely and pleasantly with the unexpected guest although after the first feeling of wonder and satisfaction at so much loveliness she was surprised and puzzled at the vague feeling of distrust and dislike that personal contact with her young guest brought to her it was intangible she shook it off however the beautiful face and voice were so enchanting that she could not resist them and felt ashamed of her distrust come and sit down by the fire and let us have a long chat before anyone else comes in we never know how long we may be alone said jewel indicating a seat near her own this is very cosy and homelike remarked aurelia as she took the seat offered i have been so lonely since i came to the city poor child remarked mrs bowen in a sympathetic voice are you very much alone how long since you lost your mother i cannot recall her at all dear miss bowen the girl answered lifting a pair of dusky eyes swimming in tears for a moment to her face papa is so intent on the fortune of the mine just at present that he gives me very little attention indeed i believe he forgets at times that he has a daughter this last with a little sigh of martyrdom 
Mrs. Bowen melted more and more to her guest. Then stay and dine with us. Let me send away your carriage. She rang the bell and gave the order to the servant. We have a few jolly people coming, not a dinner party, you know, but just a few friends. I shall be delighted. How kind you are, replied Aurelia, feeling dizzy over her good luck. Thanks, said Jewel, pressing her hand. Here comes tea, and with it papa. Senator Bowen welcomed his guest with his usual western heartiness. By Jove, he thought to himself, she's a stunner. But my little girl doesn't lose a thing by contrast. What a sight for sore eyes the pair of them makes. Then he remarked aloud to the guest, I know your father, my dear. I shall try and see more of him after this. My daughter's friends are my friends. There were, beside Aurelia, four people to whom Mrs. Bowen introduced her. Two of them, the secretary of the treasury and his wife, she knew by sight. But Mr. Carroll West and a pretty widow, Mrs. Brewer, were total strangers. Lord Browning, the English ambassador, and Lady Browning were shortly announced, and quickly following them came Cuthbert Sumner, completing the party. This is my dear friend Aurelia Madison, Cuthbert. We were at school together. You remember that I told you at the theatre her face seemed very familiar to me. Delighted to meet you again, Miss Madison, he said as he bowed over her hand, suppressing a start of amazement at the sight of her. To himself he added, Confound the woman! What does she mean? Is she following me up? That won't help her any. Aurelia thoroughly ingratiated herself with Lady Browning, paying her the greatest deference. Finding her ladyship much interested in religious topics and charitable projects, she affected an enthusiastic interest in them, and was rewarded by overhearing Lady Browning express herself as delighted with Miss Madison. Such a beautiful girl, and so intelligent to talk with. She went down to dinner with Mr. West, who seemed much impressed with his lovely partner. Cuthbert's attention would wander to the couple opposite him at table. West was talking to her with animation, while Aurelia smiled and sparkled, and looked irresistibly bewitching. West had but a small income for a wealthy man, and had always been incorrigible until now, but he seemed to have surrendered at last. Cuthbert watched her covertly, not at all deceived by the gaiety of her manner. So the moth is still fluttering about the flame. Let her beware. I would sacrifice her without a moment's hesitation if I thought she meant jewel harm. He showed nothing of this outwardly, being as calm, smiling, and well-bred as ever, but he was seriously annoyed by the inscrutable conduct of the woman opposite him. It was a vague feeling that he could not grasp, a shadow no larger than a man's hand. Dinner over, the gentleman did not linger long behind the ladies. Back in the drawing-room once more, Mrs. Bowen whispered to her husband, "'Do ask Miss Madison to play, Zenas.' "'I will when I get a chance. West seems to have such a lot to say to her that it would be cruel to spoil sport.' Mrs. Bowen looked and laughed. "'I'll ask her myself, then. Miss Madison, I am sure you are musical,' she said to the girl with a smile. "'Will you not favor us?' Aurelia signified her willingness, and Mr. West, a minute later, had installed her at the piano, and stood by listening with delight to her playing and she was worth listening to, for she was a cultured amateur of no mean ability, and gave genuine pleasure by her performance. Mr. West was more and more infatuated each moment he spent in her society. Mrs. Bowen thanked her warmly as she rose from the instrument, followed by the plaudits of the company. "'Miss Madison,' said the pretty widow, "'you play beautifully.' "'Do I?' queried Aurelia, laughing. "'But then I cannot sing. Jewel can, though, divinely I hear.' 
flatterer said jewel as she passed aurelia's seat on her way to the piano attended by sumner what is it to be he asked her as he turned over the contents of a folio will you choose cuthbert a jealous pang shot through aurelia's heart as her ear caught the words but she set her teeth hard sumner took from the folio some day by wellington always a favorite of mine you know he said she gave him a quick trustful look and smiled as she began the accompaniment conversation was hushed everyone listened while the rich pure voice filled the room giving the old song with the dramatic fire of a professional there was a buzz of admiration when jewel had finished cuthbert bent over with pride and delight shining in his face and his softly spoken thanks sweetheart was heard distinctly by the woman sorely tried by jealous pain don't leave the piano sing something else came from all parts of the room very well she said and then gave with delicious pathos that sweet old song dreaming eyes the listeners were charmed the singer rose crossed the room and seated herself beside aurelia their renewed acquaintance seemed destined to ripen into a close intimacy aurelia the girl said as they sat there somewhat apart from the others will you come with us to the blank theatre to-morrow night we have a box surnames were dropped from that night how did it happen circe alone knew but after that these two were much together such a lovely morning jewel you must come for a turn with me or i shall be alone all day do come and make the hours bright for me sumner's first undefined fears gradually subsided time rolling on springs of pleasure passed swiftly bringing the night of the ball end of chapter fourteen recording by emma mercier